Welcome to the Glee Man's Apprentice, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am your Glee Man, Twish Avery. And I am his apprentice, Mandy Cat. Cat has already read the first four books of the series, there are always potential spoilers up through the Shadow Rising. And after that, I'll be reading the rest of the books for the very first time with my Glee Man, Twitch. Welcome back to another episode of the Glee Man's Apprentice. Of course, I am your resident Glee Man, Twitch Avery. And I'm his apprentice, Mandy Cat. And today we are doing another three chapters. Uh, chapters 43 through 45 of The Shadow Rising. Yeah. Gotta wrap up some parent perspective today. Yeah. Before we do that, how was your week? It was good. It was busy. Uh, yeah. Just errands and... People tell me I'm nesting, but trying to get stuff out of the house that yeah. we don't need anymore. I'm like, this is garbage. I need space for this. So yeah. literally running to Goodwill, Habitat Restore, the dump, and the community theater donating stuff. Yeah. So anyway, that was my week. So errands. <laughs> Fun. How was your week? Uh, it was good. It was uh, nothing as eventful as a fire. <laughs> um, in the restaurant, but no, like it was it was a, a it was a fine Thank week. Uh, but um, yeah, it's officially fall. I noticed some bright yellow trees. Yep. So yep, and it's rainy and windy. It's, and it's lovely. It's my type of weather. I love it. I love it. it. Sets the mood. I'm just not ready for the negative forties that we get in January and February. True. So. This can last for I'm two not, months. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. This is the beginning of like when you start like worrying about it when it like fucking sucks. This here is literally where the Starks say winter is coming yeah. and we all know it. Yeah. And it's just as grave and serious as it is for them here in northern Minnesota. And I do live by northern elementary school, which I always think that's where the Starks would have gone if they'd have lived up here. Yeah. And so you're basically saying you live in Winterfell? I actually live in Northern Township. So if, if my... <laughs> so Northern, like... I could have more... been considered from Northern Minnesota because some townships, that's your quote-unquote city. Okay. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I, it's not North. We're not the most North. No, Minnesota. we're not. No, we're that's not. That's the irony. I'm like, whatever. All right. Anyways. Shall we do it? Yeah, let's get into your cat notes. Chapter 43, Care for the Living. Okay. Starts out, we're back to Perrin is entering the village. Remember, he was uh, shot through with an arrow, and a lot of the lads died because of a sneak trollic attack. Yes. That was how he ended last time. So now, Varen is actually guiding Perrin's horse directly to the Wine Spring Inn, and he begins to hear people fret about the missing faces. Yep. And he can't he- take it. He's just like, get me off of this horse. And then he goes, oh... I just felt very faint, but instead of just admitting, like... He's hurt, and Fio has asked Varen to, you know, heal him. She's like, I can't. We have to wait for... Alana is the better healer of the two, and I love this. I quoted it just because I want to know what it is, but Varen says, My talents, capital T, lie elsewhere. And I know she's brown, but don't you think there could be an extra special something, like how they keep emphasizing, you know... Everybody has, has different like their, talents. Moraine has yeah. her eavesdropping talent. Leandrin has her Being a dick. persuasive talent. Yeah. So anyway, she did note that, and we don't know what it is. Okay. So Perrin has to wait for Alana. 
So he's just looking around the common room at the Wine Spring Inn, and now it looks like an armory of all the old weapons collected. And there's even a barrel. Yep. Yeah, there's a barrel of swords. There are spears on the wall. And um, it, so just a quick, that's just a quick description. And Perrin's refusing to go to his room. He's like, nope, I'm going to wait here. Where's Loyal? And then the boys that are in the room start to answer, and Perrin kind of recognizes some of them. There's Dave Aylin. He was, like, from the first Dav. Yep. Dav, Dave. <laughs> it's all good, Dave. He was the one in the Badger scheme, wasn't he? With, yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, yeah. Matt, and uh, we never found out what happened to the Badger, but Moraine did not... Wasn't wasn't Dav also involved with Moraine? Wasn't he the one... She, he got a silver penny, whatever? No. Oh, that was a different kid? Yep, that was a different okay, kid. Okay, okay. I was so, going to look that up, and I forgot to. Damn it. So, so the other two that are with him, Elon Dowtry is one. Yeah, Elon Dowtry, and then who's the younger one? Oh, I have it, Ewan Fingar. Ewan Fingar. Mm-hmm. That was the one that was with them when Moraine gave them oh, the coins, and then she gave him just a like... coin as well, but not as you know, not 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 the special coin, oh. just just a coin to get him off it. But yes, that was. Ewan Finger. And the scene and itself is, you know, there's a little bit of setup. Like, Loyal's out chopping trees, even though he's really sad to do it. But the man has a stroke like Paul Bunyan. Yeah. Like, he's amazing. Yeah. It clears, like, five trees to everybody yeah. else's, like, half. Right. And then Luke is out hunting the Horn of Valier or Trollocs. They don't know which. But it's, like, it's just this whole idea to me, no matter what... He's not around when Trollocs attack. Yeah, no, he's 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 never, he's never there when the shit goes down. He's always there, pre shit. Yeah, and yeah. later it's probably not now, but later Perrin does kind of think to himself like, oh, he wouldn't have had time to, to snitch on us to the Trollocs that attack. Yeah, they're talking about how he was here yesterday warning everybody, and he was like, oh yeah, that that timeline doesn't work out. There's no way. Yeah, you know, he, he, he could have worn the Trollocs and then... Yeah. Uh, but anyway, in this part, it's just the boys talking and asking, how were your adventures? And parents just like, man, these guys are only five years my junior max, and they are acting like 20 years younger than me. You know, he's aged so much. Yeah. Since. No, no. Uh, all these guys, well, the two, Dav and Ellen, are his age. Yeah. And he's thinking that Matt and Rand could pass for five years older than them and probably himself as well. Yeah. Just because they've actually experienced life yeah, and outside is, of this sleepy little village. Without a doubt, that's how it is. Oh, and then, yeah, so more talk about Luke and even Varen does mention very neutrally that sometimes Luke has been helpful, but sometimes he's a bit troublesome. Do you want to read a bit of that on page 702? Not that he hasn't been a help sometimes, but he does have a way of causing trouble when he is here. Yesterday, before anyone knew what he was doing, he led a delegation out to meet a White Claw patrol and told them that Emmons Field was closed to them. He apparently told them not to come within ten miles. I cannot approve of White Cloaks, but I do not suppose they took that very well. Not wise to antagonize them more than is strictly necessary. And uh, that's when that's when Perrin starts thinking about yesterday. So he, yeah, he wouldn't have had time. But then he says, and this is, I, I just listened to this on the audiobooks and it cracked me up. He's thinking out loud and he says, because he's thinking about how the timeline doesn't work out that Luke had warned the Trollocs, but he really, he had been thinking about it and he really wanted it to be Luke. Because he yeah. doesn't like Luke, right? right? So he he wanted it to be Luke so he yeah. could be like, I, you know, I have to kill you. You're, you're done. Um, but then he thinks out loud and he says, wanting won't make a stone cheese, he <laughs> muttered, but he still smells like cheese to me. Uh, and I don't really, like, understand that line. I'm not quite sure exactly what he's saying, but it cracks me up. It's like I, I observed it, too, and I'm like, well, I always say something smells fishy, and there have to be cultures that would look at me and be like, yeah. why do you keep smelling fish, Amanda? Yeah. <laughs> but, no, but yes, it. it is funny. And he has good self-reflection. Like, I want him to be a fuck-up. <laughs> yeah, I want him to be a bad guy so that I have a reason to hate him more than just annoyance and jealousy. Yeah, so anyway, it 
conversation is mostly about the boys, Ewan, Day, Dab, and all them asking about their adventures. Yeah. And Perrin has to repeat what he said about Matt and Rand. You know, yeah, they have some ladies on their arms. And even that's almost too unbelievable. And well, yeah, yeah. The fact that, like, I mean, he talks about the vastness of, like, cities and, and the Stone of Tear. And they're like, oh, there's no way there's anything that big or with that many people, right? Right. Yeah, and he does avoid anything that could be linked to a dragon. So he is particular about any of those questions. And Tam and Abel have entered scene, so he's yep. still being cautious. Exactly. All right, so Fael shoes the boys away for badgering him too much, and Perrin's astounded. They not only listen to her, but they apologize to her, not Perrin. That's kind of cute. <laughs> no? She has some power. They can tell she's a lady. I mean, I think they actually said something about they her being her a lady. lady. Yeah. Loyal arrives and um, kind of protective of Perrin when he sees Perrin's hurt. Yes. Cause he, and then he just immediately blames himself for not destroying the Waygate. And so, yeah. get yeah. a little history dump. It's been a while since I've given one. But Loyal says there was one Waygate in history that was destroyed and it required 13 Aes Sedai. Huh. The magic number 13 I said I yeah and that happened to be in the blight and there's also others two to three others that have fallen to the blight but um but no matter what if he were to remove the Avendasaur leaves completely the gate would die eventually was yep. his point like I can still do it um so Loyal's ready to go out and go shut the way gate and the parents like no dude yeah also does anyone have any water because I'm dying of a fever <laughs> yeah no he's like okay you cannot go risk your life. There are Trollocs in between here and the Waygate, so yeah. I'm not letting you do that. And then he starts kind of going into a little bit of a, um, like a, a fever, fever dream, dream. Yeah, right? Yeah, because Alana arrives at last with Mr. Selvier and Mr. Sluhan behind her, and Alana jumps into heel-making right away, right? Perrin needs to be laid out on the kitchen table, and Loyal just scoops him up. It's a really beautiful, touching scene. Yep. Perrin doesn't feel much pain anymore and vaguely notices the worry on Mr. Salvier's face and mumbles that his mother has given him permission to be apprenticed to Master Luhan. Yeah. Um, but and, then... and then he realizes something's off with him saying those words because, right, he's obviously way past his apprenticeship. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. he yeah. hears something, Alana commenting about the barb is in the bone, there's going to be pain. And... Barbs are caught on bone as well Ugh. as flesh. And the arrowhead is twisted. I must realign it with the first wound and pull it out. If the shock does not kill him, I can then heal the damage I have done as well as the rest. There's no other way. He is near the brink now. And then... Hey! Everyone is holding him down and all he notices is, Huh, Loyal's hands are on my shoulders and... Huh. Why are they holding my hands and legs? Yep. That was great writing. It's great. He, it is. He, he rises so well from that, like, daisy, yeah. you know. Fever perspective. Yes. And Fial puts something in his mouth, and then it's pain and blackness. Yep. So. And he hears a sharp snap or Because he bit down on the stick, I think. It mm -hmm. was in pain. So the pain happened, and that's how the chapter ends. Um, I don't think there's too much to discuss that we didn't already discuss. I mean, there's a the question of where was Alana, but she was with two women from the women's circle. Yeah, yeah. And Ivana was going to get her because Ivana brought, you know, had come back with the party after the Trollock attack. Um, no, no. I mean, I, this is actually a pretty heartbreaking uh, uh, chapter in a lot yeah, of ways. We, I skimmed over the heartbreak of all yeah. the parents calling for their dead children. Yeah. And which is the first time probably in living history that that many people that yeah 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 no it's it's like I said it's a sleepy village they're not used to warfare they don't I mean they've warfare is something that happened thousands of years ago that people wrote about you know what I mean and, yeah and they do know that it still goes on but it never touches them right and now it's actually touching them and it's 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 a new thing and it's not yeah a new good thing right. Not good, but necessary when there are Trollocs and White Quilts out to get you. Yes. So. All right. In sum, we met some of the boys that are parents' age, but act more like boys. 
because they don't know what it is to travel. Oh, yeah, Perrin was like, yeah, Adventures is more like trying to make sure you get a bite to eat and a warm place to sleep. Exactly. Like, he's just being super honest, and he's annoyed with them, but his honesty, I'm like, yeah, he's not kidding. Like, the best adventures and most memorable times in most people's lives, there's a lot of extra misery that you just kind of erase when you repeat the story later or you make it sound so funny. Yeah. But then you think back to the actual time, you're like, yeah, actually, in the moment, some of that was a little miserable. Yeah, (laughs) no, definitely. And Perrin, I've always read Perrin as very much an introvert. Yeah, I agree. And he has a lot of attention on him right now, and it's making him extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. And... And he he's doesn't annoyed. really know how to deal with it, and so he's 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 dealing with it by being annoyed, yeah. by being, uh, just just thinking these people are ridiculous for thinking that he's so cool because he's not that cool. He's just he's just survived, you know. In his mind, he hasn't done anything really that great. He's just uh, survived. So we move on. To chapter 44, The Breaking Storm. And this is one of the few chapters the art caught my eye, and it was Trollock Skull. Yeah. And I don't know why. I'm. It's so funny, because I had to two or three times tell myself to go back to 43 to look at the symbol. But for whatever reason, this is the one that jumped out to me. So, Trollocks are impending doom. Just saying. Yeah, so, they're not good things. Perrin wakes up. Bandaged. No more arrows sticking out of him. Skin mended, but feeling bruised all over. And there's Fayil by his side, right? She looks a little wrinkled. She slept in the chair, obviously. Your dress looks wrinkled. Yeah. And Like she... a California raisin. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. But she wakes up when he moves and she's just like, you want some water? And Perrin just notices right away, like, why do you look so worried, Fayil? Why? And she just is honest. Good job. Uh, it, 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 she's not honest at first. Uh, he had to keep asking. But he, yeah, he he's like, what's what's wrong? She's like, nothing, nothing's wrong. And he's like, don't lie to me. He's like, I'm not lying to you. And wow. she like turns leave. It was leave. very short compared yeah. to the previous. So no, you're right. Me. She she gives in quicker this time, but she's so, still... Gaul and Loyal have taken off to the Waterwood. Clearly, they're going to go to the Waygate. And Perrin's up in arms and literally jumps out of bed, noting he doesn't even have skivvies on. And he's like, well, that's not going to stop me. And he somehow manages to get dressed. And Fayil's trying to stop him because he needs to heal. That is what is demanded. But instead, they end up uh, wrestling in the hallway and falling down the stairs together into the common room. Yes. So Fayil's full on him. Full, you know, yeah. But well, yes. But at this point, he's gotten dressed, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he managed to. I still can't believe him. Like I don't know how that dude got dressed, but good job. <laughs> Except Mr. Salvier walks in on them while they're still arguing on the ground, um, and Viola has a good point. She's like, "Parent, you cannot you do everything. Can't do everything. Yep. Whether or not you're injured, and your place is here." She's actually giving him advice for a leader. Like, yes. You need to represent. And that is going to be amongst the villagers who don't know what's what. So yeah, Mr. Salvier interrupts them while it looks like they're having like heavy petting in the common room, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And of course, he's super embarrassed. And then Infiel's just like, oh, well, he's just being a mule. And then Mr. Salvier gives her more relationship advice and it demonstrates how to woo Perrin by offering food. But of course, he hears the calls of Trollocs coming from outside. So he's like, oh no. I need my horse. And here again, Fael just like, okay, get his horse ready and mine. We're going. There's a little bit of resistance, but then she pretty much, she folds pretty fast. And she's like, and, and then she actually has to resist against um, Marin Elvere. Correct. But this is where she reminds Mr. Salvier, like, nope, better to lead with honey when yep. I choose to. You know, and this is one of those things. And he, she does warn Perrin, you remain on this horse and you hearten the people. And there's another threat. Do not go to the way gate. But. Yeah, right. So, all right, let's find out what happens. Parents on Stepper. Okay. And he realizes he'd be useless in any fight. But by the time he gets to that epicenter of the call, the shout's are already fading. Um, and he sees Aes Sedai by John Thane. And apparently it was only one Trolloc already dead. Yeah. And then Thomas yes. is there. Yep, yeah. and... Suspecting, well, that's 
unusual for only one Trolloc to be here and must have been separated from his group. Cubane and Chiad to enter scene and announce to Fail, which I love. They talk to Fail and no oh, one yeah. else. A flock of 500 Trollocs are coming, and they have giddiness in their eyes. They they talk, like, with that monotone that Aiel talk with, but she can see excitement in their eyes. And then Thomas is satisfied with his earlier thoughts, and he says, Yeah, this one was probably coming for a quick snack. Yeah, he, he, he got separated. He probably just got, oh, you know, distracted with hunger. Anywho, parents talking to the warders, just like, well, town folks shouldn't be outside the wooden protection barrier. And then Ivan is all, yeah. They don't seem to listen to outsiders, even us warders. Why don't you see what you can do? And Perrin does. So now we have some uh, inner reflection, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Perrin's just like, these guys, like, these sleepy villagers, I keep using that term, but... They would follow you if you, you know, made them. Like, they may they may resent you, but especially Alana and Varen, right? And so this is when he starts reflecting on how he feels like he's being pulled into a direction that he doesn't right. want to go by the Aes Sedai. But um, he's got to do it. Yeah? And he mobilizes Tam, Abel, and Bran with the news of imminent attack. And then they also start giving orders to town folks. So I'm not much for um, any type of, like, war. But it sounds like he is the general and they would be the... Uh, what's under lieutenants. The yeah. Um, captains, lieutenants. Yeah, I yeah. don't know the hierarchy. I'm, I don't really understand all of it either, but I believe... They'd be second in command. Yeah, they're... they're, they're yes, yes. They're, yeah. they're, like, his... If he's the commander, they're his generals. Oh, Okay. Yeah, sure. He's a commander. I didn't even remember that term. Or if he's the general, there are his lieutenants. It's... Yeah, I guess the argument is, are the Aes Sedai the commander? <laughs> or his parent? Ha <laughs> Just kidding, parent. Okay. <laughs> so everyone starts getting mobilized. You know, archers are with Tam. Um, parent sees Aes Sedai grouped by the catapults. But at the same time, they look up and see him observing them. And Alana gives a small smile. And it's just another... Oh, shit, do I trust these ladies? Yeah. Um, and the lads, Daniel and Ban, and others come and surround Perrin and Fayil with their bows out, protecting their leader. Isn't that cute? Leif Torfin even carries a banner with a red wolf head. Like a mini one. Yes. And Leif uh, explains. Did you want to read about it? How the Aes Sedai had it made? I think one of the ices I had made, Leaf said, when Perrin asked where it came from. Millie Aelin brought it to Will's dad, but Will didn't want to carry it. Will Alcine hunched his shoulders a bit. I wouldn't want to carry it either, Perrin said dryly. They all laughed as if he had made a great joke. Even Will, after a moment. <laughs> That's kind so, of sweet, though, because Will either didn't like Perrin or just didn't like the concept. It doesn't really matter, because Perrin just goes with it, and he's like... Yeah, I wouldn't want to do it either. Yeah. <laughs> no shame there, Will. We, we won't worry about we, it. We've heard a lot about Will even before we met him. He's the pretty boy from the town furthest uh, south. Okay. Devon Ride, which we re- haven't really seen at all. Um, but they would sometimes come to the village and all the girls like wooed after him. He's yeah. got a big smile, you know. So all the other boys are jealous of him and he's probably... He probably looks like Zach Efron. Maybe, sure, sure. Luscious hair. Exactly. Uh, But he's probably gotten to the point where he's kind of an asshole back because people are jealous of him, right? So so there's some cockiness going. and, And I think at this point he's starting to appreciate the fact that Perrin's not being a dick to him and he is maybe somebody worth following. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't seem completely hostile when I read it. So, anyway, the villagers wait, and Perrin's feeling nervous for the amount of time it's taking. They wait some more. Then at last, horns blast! Trollocs flood out of the trees. Is it still morning, by the way? Perrin got up out of bed. We don't know what time. It'd be, it'd be evening. I don't, I don't remember really much of a, a specific time being mentioned. No, me either. But, okay. Pick your daytime or nighttime. <laughs> 
But there's an astounding amount of Trollocs. It's a fight scene. Yeah. And you know what I do with fight scenes. I just completely gloss over them. There's a great part where Tam shames the archers to not let loose their precious arrows until 300 paces. And he looks to Perrin for approval. Does that sound good? 300? And, you know, Perrin has that moment of, ah, damn, even Tam? Yeah, he's like, why are you asking me? You're a better <laughs> archer than I am. So 300 paces come, they shoot, Trollocs fall, catapults, start launching rocks, which burst into flames upon landing. That's what the Aes Sedai were up to. Yeah. Some gunpowder or something. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah they're, they're placing weaves on them to make yeah. them explode on impact. I like it. So basically everything works out. There happened to have only been one Fade who was killed, but not connected to Trolloc. So some still escaped back into the woods at the end of the fight. And the villagers cheered for Perrin Golden Eyes, but immediately Perrin's just muttering, yeah, that was too easy. And the fiends had to know this wouldn't work. And we get Thomas complimenting, ah, good observations. It was just a test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, snap, that was a test? So they did kill all three Merdral. Oh, I thought it was only one. No, no, there was one that was, like, still writhing, I think. Okay. Um, He does talk about how a couple of, uh, how a couple of Trollocs got out. And they also observe a, a raven oh, flying yeah, above. Oh, yeah, dick. Yep. But no, so so uh, Thomas is like, you you get it. Like, you totally yeah. see, saw what they were doing. You, uh, you have the makings of a very smart general, yeah. right? So. And then Thomas shares the next hack won't be immediately, but more will be gathered. So then yep. Aaron's like, oh, how the fuck many more? And Varen assures, well, it's not going to be tens of thousands. There's no way for even the Forsaken to avoid such notice. And in the way, in the ways, Match and Shin would feast with that many traveling together. So they yep. have to just go in smaller groups. But she loses herself to musing, well, maybe Match and Shin doesn't have as much attraction to the shadow friends or whatever as humankind. No. Typical Varen. But yeah. I, like her, I like her observations. She, yes. She's a thinker, right? Yeah. Like, she's she's a very... She's dedicated to acquiring knowledge. Yeah. Even in the midst of a bloody Trollocs yeah. smash. Um, and this scene ends with more shouts from the South Road. Or South Gate by the Old Road. Yeah. End scene. So it feels like... Parents like, you said they wouldn't attack immediately. <laughs> Um, again, I, I don't think there's too much to add for conversation. Do you? No. No, we... Parent... I mean... <coughs> Sorry. Parent is becoming a general, commander, whatever. Someone's going to have to do the homework for me because I'm not... Bless our armed forces, but it is I... not my forte. Yeah, and no. And I don't it's, do it's... historical... I can't... I'll watch some movies about you know military but it always makes me very sad is my problem because i'm like too many people have died and it makes me uber sad but i did watch dunkirk it made me very sad i haven't seen that one i uh i honestly i haven't really watched a lot of uh war movies since uh saving private ryan i watched i i I watched midway that one was good i would i would recommend that i didn't see that one i didn't see (laughs) but if you ask me the hierarchy. I mean, I finally just learned... What did I learn this year? That the term for troops... One troop is one soldier. It's not yes. like a Girl Scout yeah, troop it's not, where yeah, one troop yeah. is like 15 girls. Yeah. So that astounded me. I was like, oh, the numbers don't... I mean, it's always bad to hear bad numbers, but I'm like, oh, I see. So 100 troops is 100 humans. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I learned that not that long. May, well, maybe like... Eight years ago or something. And but, I know yeah. people in it would be mocking me right now, which is fine. Well, and I, the <clears> other <throat> thing is I think each uh, branch of the armed forces has their own... Terms. Terms and for that's their what I was wondering. hierarchy. Because I believe, like, <laughs> an admiral, I believe, is Navy. Navy. Yeah. I, I mean, and I might be wrong. <laughs> if there are people who are in the military who are listening to this, I apologize. Yeah, I respect um, your profession. It's, it's so much. I, and, and I appreciate your service. But foreign to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't I know enough. I did AmeriCorps. Yeah. Which is a volunteer service. <laughs> that's as military as I'll 
ever get, probably. Um, so anyway, Perrin is up there. And people are respecting him. If Thomas respects him, that's very good. Exactly. And then it does, I guess if there's any background to wonder about, not that there's many hints, but what are Varen and Alana thinking of him as they observe him do his thing? And exactly, what? why are they trying to steer him in this direction of leadership? And even why are they still there? I mean, yeah. in a way, they could have abandoned him. But I wonder, you know, Varen, Varen probably knows more than she lets on, would be my honest guess. She might know everything. Okay. She might know about the banner. I can't remember details if that's confirmed. Um, but it would make sense with a stupid wolf banner. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I was getting to. Um, we'll get to that in the next chapter. But that, that little dragon head banner, it's like, oh, funny. Perrin was the banner holder for Rand. Oh, yeah. Ha, ha, yeah. ha. Good observation. All right. Let's wrap it up. Chapter 45. The Tinker Sword. This huh. is a heartbreaking this is okay. So they're Chapter. shouting. You think there's more Trollocs coming? Only it's just the Coplins and the Congers with Senbui insisting, "Yeah, we did our fighting last night." <laughs> no one believes them. Um, and now they're holding at bay none other than the Tinkers. The Tinkers. Parents You're shooting see some at Tinkers. Uh, well, he doesn't see the blood at first. He just sees really colorful. Like clothing as someone kind of ducks behind a tree or something. Yeah, somebody pops their head up real <laughs> fast, and because he has such good eyesight, he can see a violently yellow shirt. And he knows exactly what. No and one would wear that shade except Karen for just starts bellowing. They're tinkers. You let them in. You're fools if you mistake tinkers for Trollocs, you dumbasses. Yeah. Oh, he probably let in. I don't think. I think Perrin would have been swearing. I think there was some swearing. I, you know, you light blinded fools, wool heads, you know. Is wool head a swear? Those are the swear words oh, okay. in uh, the two rivers, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, RJ very brilliantly created his own, like, swears. Okay. And, and, the, and, the, and the levels. Burn me, I got that one. Burn me, bloody, well, bloody is always, you know. Uh, that's that's a uh, British curse, right? Like, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of chit chat of the town folk then just being like, "Oh, tinkers, no, don't let them in." Even Days Congress, like, they'll steal our children. <laughs> but yeah. Karen rallies and he's like, "We will not turn a single person away, and you are suggesting sending children off to Trollocs. And here we see one of those beautiful moments where Sanbui kind of is like, you know, Days, the village council is going to stand up against you in the women's circle if you deny the tinkers. And then Days is just like, excuse me, we would never deny children. Don't be an old fool, Sanbui. We would never turn <laughs> children away. She cracks it's, me yeah, up. Yeah, this... She is a severe... Nynaeve. If you think she she oh, is naive, but worse, I, and it just makes me laugh. I love Days Conger. She cracks me. Yeah, she's, she's a great character. So they let them in. In parentheses, Rain and Isla. Rain looks shell shocked. Isla's murmuring. You know, our dogs would have at least warned us of Trollocs. But those the fucking assholes. White cloaks, not decimated the them. Fuckers. Bastards. Fucking assholes. So all the villagers help the Tuathan into town and find a place to settle. And there's not, there's only like 20 or so. There's not that many. Yeah. I can't remember how many were at the party. There's the 20 and then, yeah, no, there, there was many, many more than 20 yeah. and with, the, with this caravan. And it's got to be pretty bad because remember, they were not coming to where there's more than 10 houses. Yeah. And now they're like, well, what else do we do? Yeah. So um, kind of a long description following this. Where Perrin starts to try to figure out, I want to sneak off to the Waterwood. You know, all the tinkers are settled in. I want to follow Loyal Gaul. But he is stopped, like, every three minutes by a villager asking for his advice. Yeah, yeah. It's just a sound to him because he's like, they have the fucking answers. And it starts with Master Luhan, who, who just needs Perrin to tell folks, I have too much to do to help you with your shitty little things. Well, exactly. So... So Perrin does it for him, and Master Luhan is like, thank you but, so much. But, so he first approaches Perrin, saying, like, I've got all this work to do, and people keep coming to me for the work that they need. Like, that they, they need their, their, their grandpa's grandpa's sword that they bought off of some bloody, you know, guardsman. 
uh, like reforged. He's like, I don't have time for this shit. I'm, I'm making all these parts for the Aes Sedai. And Perrin's like, well, I, I'm probably rusty. I don't, really, I don't have the strength. And he's like, I'm not asking you to work the forge, man. I need you to help me here. And this throws him yeah. for a loop. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why, why do you need me? And it just keeps coming, right? So, and I didn't write down every single person, but yeah. basically Perrin has to have some time to adjust that he is in a place where people are just seeking his approval more than anything. And um, he just asks them right back. He asks the asker, what would you suggest? And gives approval unless it's any talk of returning to farms because of the success of last night's Trollocs attacks. He's like, nope. Yeah. Trollocs aren't gone. Nope. Nope. Um, this is where Daniel and Ban, our lads, come back holding the banner following Perrin after Tam shared a story of Ilian. So you think that's well-timed on the, Tam's part? The 100 companions. Y- yeah! I mean, Tam also very much recognizes that Perrin is becoming a leader and he's going to need loyal men around him. Yeah, and so he's that's a good point. So he's... And, and these are already people who are prone to be loyal to their kind, right? You know, like yeah. like to their to their kin, to the people from their small village. You're always gonna feel a sense of camaraderie when you meet somebody from the same small town that you came from. You know what I mean? And so so yeah, he's he's also kind of doing an Aes Sedai thing right now. Like the Aes Sedai are steering parent in the leadership. I was gonna so compare it to um, what our buddy Ruark is doing for Rand, like just guiding yeah. gently. Yeah. Like, here's how it works. That's probably a better comparison. And here's, here's, without telling them directly, but here's how people are going to like you and here's how you can be effective. Um, so, so yeah, Perrin has to keep getting into this. And uh, Lord Luke does come out at one point, come back to the village, holding a bag with a murder all head and claiming... I had my own fighting last night. And per usual, Luke's really condescending towards yep. Perrin and basically says, you did really well. Good thing for beginner's luck. Yeah, attaboy. Good job. Pass him on the back. Like, fuck you, Lord dick. Luke. So at this point, Perrin is getting hangry. Mistress Alcar asks for his feedback about what to do with children who want to play. And Perrin is short with her and just like, you know what to do. And this is where she says... I just want to make sure I do it the way you want it done. And right, woman. You know... You know uh, children better than I do? <laughs> Accurate. Yep. So, and she's a little huffed, but it was a... I think that was a good... One of those good feedback for him. Like, this isn't about her knowledge. This is about you saying, great I knowledge. Approve. You have great knowledge. I approve. I approve. I approve. Good job. You're smart. And that's, I mean, he had already kind of observed that yeah. really all, all it really took was just for the, him asking the villagers, what do you think the best solution for yeah. your problem is? And them telling him, and then he's like, oh, then do that. <laughs> you know, that's, that sounds good to me. Um, so Perrin returns yeah. to the inn. He recognizes Fayol was right. He would never have enough energy to get all the way to the way gate and protect him and protect himself. He has to ignore the continual calls of people who keep asking for his advice approval as he enters the end for a bite to eat. And here I was like, that is how I felt at the reception, where I was like, it took yeah. me a half hour to cross the room just to get a drink. What the heck? And then looking back, I was like, oh, that's what I was supposed to delegate. I should have been more like parent and just made someone do it for exactly. me. Exactly. That's, 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 that's what Dylan and I figured out at our wedding. It was like... Tell someone to get you a, I, a bite to eat. <laughs> Luckily, my best friend had recently gone through his own wedding, and so he was, like, right next to me the whole time. I was like, just tell me if you need something. So I'd be like, Matt, I need a drink. And then he'd be like, hey, Tim needs a drink. Go get him a drink. Right. <laughs> so inside the common room, there's Natty Coffin rolling bandages, but also watching her daughters, Boat and Eldrin, spoiling Aram and spooning him food to eat. So Aram made it to the Wine Spring Inn. He's yeah, our buddy. And he's, he's, he's like a, the will all scene of the Tinkers, kind yeah, of. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the guy that Perrin constantly yeah, uh, compares him to. Because he's good he, looking. Yeah. All right, Perrin sits, Fayel joins him, and then she's commenting, hey, buddy, these town folks haven't had a queen 
at least in their eyes, in centuries, and they're puzzling this whole thing out, and Perrin connects the dots to realize they see him as a ruler. Mm-hmm. Um, so good observation, Bayo. Yep, he's like, God, I'm not, I'm not, we don't need kings or queens. And we don't even, none of us remember being a part of Andor. You know right. what I mean? Like, we didn't know that we yeah. had a queen. So backwoods. Yeah. Aram interrupts and just asks about the barrel of swords and parents reassuring him, hey, hey, buddy, no one's going to hurt you. They're just odds and ends any villager can use for protection. So then Perrin gets his food. Before he can eat, Fayil insists on spooning him his food. So she's kind of mocking the Calfin girls. It's funny. Not that he yeah. likes it, but I'm like, no, she's actually making fun of the girls. Uh, okay. I think so. I, I, I personally think she's belittling him, but... I think if he felt that way, he would have just taken the spoon from her. Okay. I mean, she's a jerk about it, but I think it starts as she wouldn't have done it if the girls if weren't the girls, doing it okay. to Aram. So then Aram comes over and asks, can I have one? And this is about the swords. Perrin's practically choking on his food as Aram pulls out a sword. Inconveniently, Isla is also coming down the stairs at that time with Alana, only to watch Aram with a weapon, and she has to beg him to put it back. But Aram yells. Why not? They killed mother. I saw them. I might have saved her if I had a sword. I could have saved her. And Perrin feels some <sighs> strong sympathy for this because he lost his mama too. Yes. And calls for Aram to be left alone as any man has the right to defend himself. Aram asks Perrin, will you teach me? And Perrin's like, well, nobody. I don't know how. I don't, I don't use swords. Um... Not sure if you want to read any of this, but Isla has to shame Perrin for dragging Aram down. And this is her last living grandson after yeah. her last living child died. And Perrin doesn't stop Aram. So all the ladies in the room are kind of angry at Perrin because <laughs> he didn't stop Aram. So Perrin approaches Aram, but only to tell him, Hey, bud, go find Tamil Thor and say Perrin wants you to get some sword lessons. Yes. Tell him I, I sent you to... Yep. For you to learn the sword from him. And worth noting, the sword has a brass wolf head for a pommel. I don't really know what a pommel is, but there's a wolf head on the sword. I believe it's like the very end of the the, the, the sword, like like on the very so maybe like the ornamental part of the very bottom of the hilt. Okay. Like, you know how there's always kind of like a little knob. The only or thing something. I know about swords is from the Princess Bride guys. It's like a spoiler on a car. It's just there I don't know to what look a spoiler pretty. Spoiler is. Like the the things, yeah, the hood ornaments. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, um, Isla's speech, though, I was like, wait a tick. That sounds awfully familiar to the Ridian story of when Rand watched his ancestor be rejected by his grandfather for, and it was accidental killing of the, uh, whatever, rapist. Uh, yeah. But I was like, could Aram be a distant relative? <gasps> I... Could he be connected could he be one of the other boys that was said? I, mean, I, I, I don't know if they always have to be ancestrally connected. Oh. I think that it's probably a common story for uh, boys to fall away, or young people, not necessarily boys, young people to fall away from their prescribed beliefs, traditions, religion, you know what I mean, um, in that vein. And so, I mean, yeah, sure, possibly, but I don't think that it's uncommon for that to happen amongst Different bloodlines, okay. different families that came from the same culture, same religion, same belief system type thing. Um, I do, and you might touch on this later on in your notes, but I do feel like we need to spend some time talking about what a tinker embracing a life of violent means for Perrin. Oh, he's really sad about it, right? Because he, he thinks they could find a way. I mean, he doesn't really think that there's a song. He thinks that the whole lifestyle is... He tells lifestyle Rain he'll is, find a song. It, it, he, he's, he respects their traditions. He's not going to be an asshole and spit um, in their eye. I think he just sees it like you compared it to religion. It's like people get to choose. And Aram is choosing to defend his loved ones from this point on. I've always kind of felt like... Perrin has a lot of, like, almost jealousies, not longing yeah. for the 
Tinker's lifestyle. Like he he thinks it's a beautiful idea. Like like yeah. kind of how communism. It's a wonderful idea in theory, but put into practice and it doesn't work. And right. it's, you know what I mean. Um, and uh, so I I kind of think that that's he's watching that like hope for some people kind of die in front of them. Yeah. When yeah, that was this, that that's symbolized that's that's being symbolized by Aram drawing that sword and announcing, you know, be well, I guess being disowned. Yeah. from his grandma and uh, yeah, it's, it's a heartbreaking scene. It's it makes me sad. And then things just change up because next comes to town the friggin' white cloaks. And even Luke is on his trusty steed to greet the men in white. Perrin vaguely thinks the leader of the White Cloaks is familiar, who then introduces himself as Dane Bornhold, and Perrin does the yep. math of, oh shit, this is the guy after me. Perrin also sees that Dick Jarrett Byer and remembers him as a zealot. Oh yeah. So yeah. there's discourse of Emmonsfield being stubborn and not welcoming to White Cloaks. The Emmonsfielders bragging, yeah, well, we don't really need you guys. Look how successful we were against Trollocs. The White Cloaks mocking them and saying, hey, more to come. That had to be a test, because guess what? They wiped out that entire village of Terran Ferry last night. And of course, Emmons Fielder don't know any of them personally. But here, Lord Luke gets talkative and asks if there was a fishy fella named Ordius present at Terran Ferry. And they do say yes. So, how do you think Lord Luke knows who Ordius is? Um... You know, my question in a couple sentences was just how involved is he with fame? He clearly knows who he is, or he wouldn't have known the name. Yeah, yeah. There's something wrong with Luke's smell. Haven't we gotten to that? There's something odd about it, or did we never get that with parent? And no, no. There's, 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 there's something off with Luke's smell. And, Which and it seems Perrin like quite Ordeath reeks enough it. that it would go on. Okay, to Luke. okay. Like that's almost to me. It almost seems like. Are they in cahoots together? Not that he likes it, but maybe maybe Lord Luke just is a dark friend, but he had to be pulled into Ordeus's shit. I mean, he doesn't sound like he has any respect for him. He says right here, uh, you know, after he asks, uh, um, Bornhold asks him, you know Ordeus? And Luke says, I have seen him here and there since coming to the Two Rivers, a disreputable-looking man, and those who follow him no less, the sort who might have been careless enough to allow a Trolloc attack to succeed. Was he there? If so, one can hope he died for his folly. If not, one hopes you have him here with you, close under your eye. Bornhold responds, I do not know where he is or care. I do not come here to talk of Ordeath. I arrest you as dark friend. You will be taken to Amador and there tried under the Dome of Truth when, you know, of course he okay. thrusts his finger. So as for Lord Luke, I don't know. I th I think he might be up to fishy business with Ordeath, but it wouldn't be under his personal choice if it was true. Okay. Because he's not a fan. Okay. But well, how does he know him and why does he smell? And Ordeath smells bad. Okay. Um, I can't place Lord Luke. It's funny because again, I've read this and I just don't remember him. But he's a character I don't like, so I don't. Well, yeah, no, I don't like him I either. Don't memorize. He. Uh, I want you to think back on last episode when we talked about uh, the conversation that, or at least the 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 monologue that uh, uh, Slayer gave to Perrin last yeah. time, talking about where it seemed like Slayer could be Luke at the same time. Well, yeah, he, he was and talking the about I'm the sure renegade. I'm sure Forsaken don't like um, Fane either, because Fane clearly has his own plot. Yeah. For himself to be ruler. Oh yeah, no Fane. So, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. He's still a Slayer, right. not liking this Ordeath dick, which is pretty bad. If Forsaken don't like him either, just. We already know he tortures murder. Also. I mean, so this is a bad, bad guy. I'm guessing Forsaken don't like anybody, but I don't know. Landfear seems to like Rand. Well, yes, she is Randy for Rand. So Dane's accusing Perrin as dark friend. Don't worry, Bran Alvere immediately steps up as mayor to say there will be no arrest today. And Perrin even finally defends himself and says, "I betrayed no one," and also. 
you're going off about witches abusing the power. Well, those were Sianchen, and Dane just freaks out. Sianchens are fairy tales. And I'm just like, you are going to regret that line, Danny boy. I bet they're going to come after you. That's my new favorite uh, voice for Dane Bornholt. <laughs> Will you always use that voice when, when you read Dane Bornholt? But he's slightly drunk. I don't know. Witches are fairy tales. <laughs> oh, my God. That was great. We'll try to pull it out again. Uh, Perrin, uh, I'm, and again, I know I'm summarizing, but it just seems like Dane is out to have bloodshed now. And Perrin just makes a compromise. Hey, bud, guess what? Once the trog threats are taken care of, I'll go ahead and turn myself in. You know where to find me. And yeah. Bran's not happy about this. Fael's not happy about this. However, Dane more or less agrees because... What what else are you gonna do? And and also maybe the Trollocs will take care of it for him. Um, but this is cool because Perrin demonstrates leadership and even says, "I don't want to waste our fighting on white cloaks and doing the job of Trollocs for them." So yeah, yeah. Also, it, so, Perrin lost fourteen relatives, including mom and dad. Dane lost his dad, and his dad is a freaking general commander, whatever. A captain commander. I'm sorry. Your dad had a risky job. Yeah. It's not cool he died. Parents, family were farmers. But 14 farmers, yep. including some children, younger siblings, died. And, and parents just able to... And granted, parent thinks it was all Trollocs, so I'd be curious if he finds out it was Thane. But um, just an observation. I do like... I, I, I really like what Bran does right here after, after Perrin has you know agreed to allow them to come in. Uh, Bran steps up and he's like, you've heard his terms, now hear mine. If you come yeah. into Emmonsfield, you arrest no one without the say-so of the village council, which you will not get, so you arrest no one. You don't go into anybody's houses unless you are asked. You make no trouble, and you share in the defense where and when you are asked. And I don't want to so much as smell a dragon's fang. Will you agree? If not, you can ride back as you came. And I, I, I love that, yeah, sure, they're deferring to Perrin, but they're also, like, you know, the elders in the village, of course, are also like, no, okay, this is your decision, I'm going to give you, and you know, I'm going to change it a little bit. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's, there's, there's one last ominous warning from Luke to Perrin. Um, the white cloaks have left, but on um, Perrin, Luke says, I know something about holding enemies close. Their blade can go in more quickly. And it actually, this is one of those, I'm like, I don't think he's being a jerk. I think he's just saying truth to Perrin. Like, you watch yourself, boy. Yeah. You just made a decision that yeah. could end your life very quickly. And so Perrin's just left thinking how the White Cloaks believe him dark friend, but also sensing, I thought this was important, Bayer is capable of anything yeah so even though all that was dane he still knows buyer is trouble and it was buyer who misinterpreted events right? well, of course because buyer's a fucking idiot he's, he's narrow-minded he only sees what he wants to see he doesn't process things correctly yeah and then it's just this unseen parent is just thinking yeah maybe it's nice to have daniel and the lads close for a while good call parent. yeah yeah, it's probably not a bad idea to have him guard his door so he can get some sleep. I have a question for you, though. Yes. What do you... Like, when Luke says he knows something about keeping his enemies close to him, what do you think... Could it be Ordeus? <laughs> okay. Could be Slayer? I don't know. I wish I could place him. That's why it's bothering me. I'm like, I should really All right. know. Nope, I love um, it. Ordeus or Slayer. Well, probably Ordeus. Something's fishy with Ordeus. Well, I mean, he something's was, very... It was even this, he was excited enough to say it. felt like a slip-up for him. Yeah. Because he doesn't reveal anything personal. Nope. All right. Anything so. else we got to discuss out of that chapter? I... No, I mean, we, it's pretty blatant. Like, Perrin is obviously taking the lead, and the people are starting to try and adjust to... What it is to have a lord amongst them, right? Yeah. And a, and a fledgling lord who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So, uh... I love this this part of Perrin's story. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's, it, it's, you know, it's 
part of his growth as a character. Yeah. So. It's about as dynamic as it probably gets. I ain't. Bless his heart. Perrin's great, man. Perrin has a great arc. All right, so that brings us to our Fuck, Mary Kills. Yes, it does. You got yours ready? I don't. All right, well, I'll start. Okay. Because then I can take where I already took. I'll fuck Varen. Just, oh. She's intriguing me a little more. Just a little... There's just a slight mystery in these chapters. And she's still just point blank. She guides Perrin right to the end. She yep. does what she needs to do, but also is like, yeah, but I can't heal you. <laughs> So here, get out of the masses before you um, fall on the arrow, but I like her. Mary, I'd had to say Bran Alvear just because of his little mayorship at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. Like, there will be no arrest today, and I was kind of envisioning, and don't ask me why, but I probably because of the weather, Halloween, um, the Nightmare Before Christmas, Halloween Town has the mayor. Oh, yeah. The, and it wasn't it, about what, the spinny what, head, but it was just like that that big voice and just jolly most of the time. That's what I was envisioning for Grand Alvear. Just like, we shan't have that happen. Oh, I love it. And then oh, kill. Perfect comparison. The white cloaks who killed the Mastiffs because maybe the yeah. two then would have had a slight chance. Yeah, fuck those assholes. Yeah. So Definitely. They're dead. Okay. Um... I'm actually going to uh, fuck Thomas. He was on my list. Yeah, probably for very similar reasons as you. I, I think that Thomas and probably Ivan too are having a similar reaction towards Perrin that Lan yeah. has with Rand. And for a short time had with Perrin as well. Um where they're seeing, like, greatness being forged right in front of yeah. them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so they're choosing, rather than being assholes and mocking him for his inexperience, they're choosing to guide him with their knowledge. But they've been around Aes Sedai for so long, they, have to, they, they just naturally do it in a very, you know, uh, roundabout way. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I dig Thomas. He's... For sure. He's a great warder, and the little that we get from him is always um, exciting and, and interesting. Uh, my Mary... Oh, God, I'm going to be kind of controversial with my kill, I think. My Mary... will be... Tam. Yeah. Yeah. My Mary will be Tam. Always a good choice. Um, for obvious reasons. He's just a badass. And then uh I No, I can't do that, sorry. I'm I've gotta think of my kill. I mean Luke's the obvious one because he's a dick. He was very condescending. Yeah. Beginner's luck. <laughs> yeah, I'll kill Luke. I'm sure I've done it before, but I'll kill Luke. I was thinking doing. about killing Isla because I don't approve of disowning children or grandchildren. Yeah. <clears throat> and I can't. She's just lost her entire family. Which is funny because so, I think I don't. Did I kill her last time? Or did no, I? No, I don't think kill you killed her. her. I think you well, I think her, her took her off. I think I was going to marry her, then I had to remove her because she disappointed me. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Oh, Isla, maybe yep. another generation from now. Well, I mean, my wife's grandparents have very actively disowned members of their family. Yeah, you know, not cool. throughout their, and, and, of course, then you get, like, the children also disowning each other, yeah. like, siblings or parents and... And uh, when when you set that president, that that's okay. That's why Dylan and I have always been with the kids. Like, nope, nope. We're always gonna be a family. You don't get it. You know, no, no matter what we do, you don't you don't get to disown blood. This is forever. Yeah. Type of thing, right? But, anyways, with that, do you have anything to add? 
No, this was a pretty clean cut. It went fast because it just you were handed the information and when you said it, that's what you had. They were three short chapters and honestly, three short chapters where not a lot happened. Um, it's all good. And so, uh, it's, it's definitely good growth for parents' story overall, but there, there wasn't a lot that was needed to be deep dove into. No, we did So, with that... Everyone be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Glee Man's Apprentice. The Glee Man's Apprentice is available on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Breaker, and Radio Public. Our theme song is written by Twitch Avery and performed by Andrew Bard of Time.